Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Let's just say this guy has been just as busy as me throughout the football season and probably is making a lot more money with the way his season has been going compared to the way my season has been going. This guy is one of my all-time favorites. He's a part of the Against All Odds podcast with Cousin Sal, with the Parlay Kid, with Brother Bry. But now he's added to his repertoire. He's doing stuff for Odd Shark. He's doing hits in Phoenix, Arizona. My main man, the great Harry Gagnon. He joins us here on the fan to get us ready for the divisional round. Harry, what's happening, brother? JJ, pleasure, man. Been too long, bud. You ain't kidding, Harry. And first things first, I got to give you a bullload of credit because I listen to podcasts every week. I love what you guys do. You were all over the Minnesota Vikings. And I'll have to admit, Harry, I'm listening to podcasts last week. And you know I love you. You know I respect you. But a lot of the points you were making, I'm like, man, is he blanking on the fact that Kirk Cousins is the quarterback for Minnesota? Is he actually going to put his hard-earned money on Kirk Cousins? And, Harry, not only did the Vikings cover the 7.5 or the 8, they go and they win the game outright. So that's a hell of a pick, my man. It was something else. And, you know, it's great. Yeah. I, sometimes, listen, JJ, sometimes these work out for everybody. You know, when you pick a, when you dissect a game and pick out a game. I said, listen, three people had to be the, be the cog to win this game if Minnesota not just wanted to cover but win the game. And that was Kirk Cousins, that was, uh, that was Cook, and that was also Daniil Hunter. And how great was Daniil Hunter on defense during that game? Forced a fumble. He had five tackles, a sack and a half. He's got 16 sacks now for the season. What a what a defensive effort they were the Vikings put up in that game. Oh, no question. Daniil Hunter, Everson Griffin, all over the field. And, hey, I've been getting on Kirk Cousins for years. He came through in a big way, made some money throws down the stretch. Okay, yeah. Harry, before we dive into these four games on Saturday, you've been at this a long time. For somebody listening to the show, how would you advise them – not to overreact to what you see wild card weekend. I feel like there's at least one team always going into the divisional round that gets way too overvalued because of what you watched and what you witnessed the prior week. Is that something that you've always been mindful of when you look into and you take a peek at these games? Absolutely. You know, you look at these divisional games, JJ, and it's the spreads. I mean, all these teams are good. All these teams are really good. And you got two nine, nine and a half games, and you got a seven game out there, seven point spread. I mean, these numbers are huge. And look, look what the Titans did against Bill Belichick and the Patriots last week, especially defensively, shutting them out in the second half. And look, they're getting nine and a half points here. Derrick Henry was a monster. I mean, talk about old school, 34 carries, 182 yards. You're going to give this team nine and a half? I don't know. It's a juicy, juicy line. And there are a couple of juicy, juicy lines. 
I guess we could start with that, that game. Why not? I mean, you just brought it up. You got the Ravens taking on the Tennessee Titans. We know how good Lamar Jackson has been. He's going to be the MVP. I'm envious of anybody who has a future bet on that. I mean, you're probably getting 100 to 1, 150 to 1. An incredible year for Lamar Jackson. They've been dominant. They've been a cover machine. But if you could play ball control, and you can mm-hmm. run the football. You keep him on the sideline. Line open to 10, seeing it at nine and a half. Harry, I guess here's the question. Did the Tennessee Titans have their moment of all moments going into Gillette, breaking the Patriots' hearts, sending a guy like Bill Simmons crying into his tears, <laughs> and nobody feeling sorry for the Patriot fan. Trust me on that. They've won enough for a lifetime. But when you have a win of that magnitude, then all of a sudden the next week, you got to get up and do it again. Do you look at it, Harry, and say the Titans will be further galvanized by winning in New England? Or is that their moment and it's just a letdown city as they take on the Ravens? You know, it, it could be. It could be. But I still think this Titans team has a lot still to go for and a lot to prove. Uh, look, you know, Brable, how, he, he outcoached Belichick beyond belief, especially in that second half. Uh, with that minute 46 on the clock that he burned that 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 killed the, that that made them uh save you know basically uh a, a timeout and say and kill a, a minute 46 the patriots would have had to try to get the ball back it was great work by him and look in this situation again henry 34 carries 182 yards give him the ball kill the clock run the offense let let Tanny Hill do his thing he got a win his first playoff game ever last week he was okay in managing the game. He did the job. And also, look, <clears throat> like you said, Lamar Jackson, definitely the MVP. But last year he played in the playoff game, the AFC wildcard game at home to the Chargers. They were a small favorite, and they lost that game. So being the number one seed here, by the way, he fumbled in that game three times, lost one of them, and he only had 14 completions. So a lot of little pressure now with being the number one seed, losing last year in the playoffs, a lot of pressure on Lamar Jackson to get a win here. Nine and a half points. I'm leaning towards the Titans here. They're playing solid football. Their defense, like I said, against New England was amazing, shutting them out in the second half. They're 6-2 and two straight up and against the spread in their last eight games, the Titans. And the Ravens are just 1-6 and six against the spread in their last seven games at home, J.J., in January. That's a juicy number right there. And from a layoff perspective, Harry, I mean, Lamar Jackson has not played and started a Three game weeks plus, right? going all the way to week 16. I mean, week 17, yeah. you didn't see him on the field. Wild card round, they're sitting at home. Do you think about maybe playing an under or a Tennessee in the first half because of that layoff? Is that something that comes to mind? I like the under, too, Harry. You know, it's funny you said that. I gave that out on uh, against all odds today. And uh, I just, again, I love the way the Titans play their defense. Uh, the Ravens have a solid defense, too. Let's not forget, uh, I think there was fourth overall in total defense. Um, and six of the last seven Titans playoff games have gone under. And when these two teams play head-to-head, J.J., the last 12 times, the game's gone under nine with an average score in those 12 games of only 32. And this total is 47. Harry Gagnon, check him out. The Against All Odds podcast, The Odd Shark. He's doing hits in Phoenix. He's all over the place. All right, Harry, let's get to the team that you're rallying around. And I know our morning host, Craig Giannotti, is 
in your corner a thousand percent because he's the Minnesota Viking fan here of WFAN. And now he has been suckered in. He's a very negative guy, but he got suckered in. How could you not going into New Orleans and beating the Saints? Now you got the Vikings, seven point dogs going into San Francisco. Can they go and do it again? JJ, I don't like the Vikings. I love the Vikings. Oh, baby, that's music to Giannotti's ears. I'm sure he is loving that. So why do you love the Vikings this week? San Francisco is only 23rd in rush defense, and Dalvin Cook was amazing, amazing as uh, as running the ball in New Orleans against the Saints, especially early, establishing, establishing himself on the outside. He had uh, two touchdowns and just – this team is a different team, J.J. They're a much different team when Dalvin Cook is in the lineup. I mean, his, 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 they have a swagger to them. You saw it in the postgame uh, um, uh, celebration. They were just a unit grouped together. I just love the way they play when he's in this lineup. Um, Thielen looked good, finally. finally this is a weapon. He's a weapon that they didn't have most of the season, and now they do. He had seven catches, 129 yards, had that great over-the-shoulder catch. And look. This is a huge. This is new territory for San Francisco. They haven't been in the playoffs since 2013, 2014 season. This is a big stage for Garoppolo. It will be interesting to see how he handles the situation. There were times in big games this year he didn't come through. That Monday night game against Seattle at home. And look, he's not holding a clipboard in the playoffs for Tom Brady anymore. He's got to play out there, and I just don't like the way San Francisco's defense has been playing the last four weeks. They gave up 21 to Seattle, 31 to the Rams. Lost to the Falcons, giving up 29. And that crazy game, the 46 points to the Saints. San Francisco's 3-2 and in the last five. They easily could have lost all five. Seattle was at the one-yard line and blew it. The Rams controlled most of that game on that Saturday night against them. The Saints, like I said, was the craziest game of the year. If they don't, if they don't complete that fourth and two to Kittle, they lose that game, and they lost the game to Baltimore and Atlanta. And for a team that was supposed to be so great running the ball, which they were, they definitely were beginning of the season, They haven't had a rusher go over 70 yards since that Baltimore game in over a month and a half. Harry, let's move on to Sunday because you're going to look at the Kansas City Chiefs, historically speaking, as a team that has come up small at Arrowhead Stadium in the month of January over and over again. Now, last year, they delivered in the divisional round. They smoked the Indianapolis Colts. They put a classic game against New England in the AFC title game. I look at Houston, who I was on last week, and I got to be honest with you, Harry. I think I got away with one there because they were not the better team in that game. Josh Allen missed opportunities. The Bills kicked way too many field goals. They handled the end of the game as poorly as you could possibly handle it. So the Texans, because of the brilliance of Watson, they survive. They have the great quarterback. Watson is a special player. But on the other side, it's Patrick Mahomes. And I have a well-rested Kansas City team, a flat-out better Kansas City team. Are you surprised, because I'm not, that this line has opened up at eight and now is up to nine-and-a-half points? To me, you're playing this game, the value on Kansas City. Yeah, it is. You know, and it's just basically, again, you're going with Patty Mahomes here. Just, I mean, the guy's a flat-out stud. He's got weapons all over the place. We know who they are. And, 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 that's the way it is with the Chiefs. I mean, but also you got to remember though. This is, I'm a little hesitant. This is the one game out of the four I don't feel great about, and I understand everything that you just said. All the all the facts lead to Mahomes, 
But still, Houston is 12th overall in the league in yards. They're 5-3 and three on the road this year. They only lost one of those three games by more than 10 points. And like you said, they're getting 9.5 here. And that includes beating the Chiefs and Mahomes in Kansas City in October by a touchdown. So I'd just be a little hesitant about this one. I'm, I'm leaning a little bit towards the under more than anything here because I know the first meeting was 55 points. But it's January now, and I'm really leaning towards a defensive game, especially since Kansas City has figured out how to stop the run. And in that game in October, uh, Houston ran for 200 yards on Kansas City, while Kansas City only had 53. And I think Kansas City's going to try to run the ball here, too, because they've sat Shady McCoy, uh, Andy Reid has, for the past couple of weeks to get him ready. J.J. Watts returned last week, was productive against Buffalo. He got in on some plays. And I'm just leaning a little bit, like I said, that's why I'm leaning towards the under. Uh, and unders hit seven of the last eight times for Kansas City games at home in January. And something, like I said, I agree with you. I like Kansas City here to definitely win the game. But they're 1-6 and six against the spread at home in January in the last seven. 1-9 against the spread in playoff games, last 10 at home. They've had that pass history. This is different now. I understand it's with Mahomes in here. But still... I'm leaning a little bit towards Houston here. Don't love it, but Kansas City definitely to win the game. But more than anything in this game, I'm leaning towards the under. Harry, if Will Four plays for the Houston Texans, mm-hmm. do you reevaluate your underplay? You know what? Maybe a little bit because he well, he had some monster games this year, didn't he? Oh, when he was in different there? team he when he's monster. on the field, different team. Yeah, I mean that opens things up for uh, for Hopkins too because if he's not in there, they're just keying on him a lot of times. And that's why a lot of times in the middle of the season, listen, I have DeAndre Hopkins in fantasy too. I was not happy most of the season because he's catching, you know, he'd catch six, seven, eight catches, but he'd only have 60 yards because they were allowing that underneath stuff and they weren't allowing him to go deep because he was getting double teamed. The final game, Harry, and I know you talked to a lot of people. You did your podcast earlier today. Can you find a soul on the planet? Who likes the Green Bay Packers? I feel like everybody I talk to is all over Seattle. They believe in Russell Wilson. I get it. Neither one of these teams really performed to a 12 and 4 or 13 and 3 record. Both teams looked very vulnerable at points throughout the year, and they both tend to play very tight games. Out of curiosity, I wonder, do you know anybody liking the Packers this week? I feel like if you like the Packers, you're almost on an island by yourself. You know what, by doing the show today, there's one person who I know that likes the Packers, and Sal actually likes the Packers. Cousin Sal is on the Packers. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But I'm, you know what, that's out of the teams that have these, uh, that have uh, tw- uh, 12, 13 wins this year, the team that I've been down on and I haven't paid, I just haven't given much credit to all year is the Packers. I just think they're very vanilla. They're very average. Uh, if not for Aaron Jones, I don't know where this team would be. Uh, he, the Packers are 19th best in yards against in defense. Not that good. Uh, 15th in rushing, and that's including with Aaron Jones having a great season. 19th overall in passing. Uh, I think also that the Packers have had a weak schedule, which allowed them to win games that, you know, a lot of times they, they should have blown these teams out where they just barely got by. They barely beat Detroit twice. They barely beat Chicago twice. Uh, they beat Carolina and Washington by less than by by like eight or less um, at home, and I think the Seahawks look. They didn't have a great pass rush this year, but they they only had 28 total sacks. But they had seven sacks last week against the Eagles. Uh, Clowney had five tackles. Um, Bradley McDougal in the secondary had 11 tackles. 
I like the development here of what Russell Wilson did with DK Metcalf. I mean, he had the ultimate respect and confidence in throwing to him down the field. He had 160 yards, the most ever for a rookie wide receiver in his first playoff game in NFL history. I really think, like, in terms of running the ball here, I know uh, the Seahawks didn't run for much, but I like it. You know, I've told this to Sal and the guys, too. Why doesn't Seattle just line up like they're going to pass the ball? In the shotgun, Russell Wilson gets the ball, looks like fakes, fakes, like he's going to throw it. But meanwhile, the whole time, it's a run. When he ever takes off running, it always works. He always gets 12 to 15 yards, if not more. I just like the Seattle Seahawks here in the spot here. Getting four points, it's three and a half some places. Try to get four. Seattle is a road, the road warriors this year. They're eight and one this season on the road. And JJ, they're 10 and two against the spread as an underdog in the last 12, 10, three and one against the spread on the road in the last 14. I have faith in Russell Wilson going back to uh, Wisconsin where he played his uh, final year of college. I think they get it done here, and I think they uh, they take down the Packers. Harry Gagnon, check him out. The Against All Odds podcast. Check him out on Odd Shark as well. Harry, do you look at that Seattle game because of all the close games they have played as the ideal tease candidate? If you can get them, at, I don't know, 10 or 10 and a half. I mean, you never see Seattle get blown out in these games. That's a heck of a point, JJ, because they not only, I mean, their point differential, I don't know what it is offhand, but I had mentioned this before. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, too, their point differential in the games, they had a great record, no doubt about it, but the point differential for the season was almost like even. So they played all their games close. I mean, they easily could have lost a couple other games, too. I mean, Tampa Bay had them by 14 points in the second half, and they came back to win that game. They beat uh, Cincinnati by one to start the season. Uh, Andy Dalton had 400 yards passing compared to Russell Wilson having 150. Somehow the Seahawks stay in these games, though, and especially, like I said, they don't have a great pass rush either, but they stay in these games. These games are close. Yeah, I think taking Seattle with double digits on a teaser is definitely a a play. Okay, Harry, before we get to your best bets of this great weekend of football, we got a pretty damn good national championship game on Monday night. And I know we were on the same side of the two games a few weeks back. We both had Clemson. We both had LSU. To me, it's the best possible national championship game. You have Trevor Lawrence and Sunshine reigning national champs taking on Coach O, undefeated LSU, Heisman Trophy winner Joe Burrow, who's played on this crazy, crazy level coming out of nowhere And this game has gotten steamed a ton. It opened at four and a half. Now you're seeing a line at six. And Harry, correct me if I'm wrong, because both of these teams have been so good to me all year. I just feel dirty going against either one. I got to be honest. I love Clemson. They've always been a favorite of mine. LSU this year, enough said, they've taken no prisoners this year. This is a really, really tough game to call. You know what, it is, too, because I've been on LSU plenty, and uh, I mean, Joe Burrow's such a great uh, great guy, great competitor. He's unflappable. He does everything right. He says everything right. Their offense, listen, but at some point during the game, I would imagine on Monday night, they're going to go over 700 points for the season. I mean, their stats are really staggering. The game against Oklahoma, we may never, that was an anomaly. We may never see anything like that again. It was so amazing. Um, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, they've got over 3,000 yards, 36 touchdowns combined, those two. Um, their numbers, their offensive numbers, 63 points against Oklahoma, and they could have scored more if they wanted. They took it easy. But still, LSU is human. They 
at home only lost to Auburn, or only beat Auburn by three points. They beat Auburn by three points, and we saw with Auburn how they tanked their game against Minnesota in the bowl game uh, on on the 1st of uh, January. So it's possible here. And listen, we're talking about the defending champs, like you said. We're talking about the team that's trying to go for three out of four national championships. This team's won 29 in a row, 35 of 36. Trevor Lawrence is 25 and 0. Last year in the postseason, 30 to 3, they beat Notre Dame, and then they wiped Nick Saban clean, 44 16, 74 to 19 last year in the champion championship postseason uh, two rounds. I mean, this team is amazing. I mean, and they're getting points. I just and LSU sort of is the new kid on the block here. But again, I know sometimes that may not matter. But I still think that I'd like to know if. Uh, T. Higgins is, is going to play and how much how effective he's going to be. Justin Ross is a replacement, had six catches in the game against Ohio State, but I think Clemson knows that they can't beat LSU if they played the game they played against Ohio State. They need to be playing for 60, cor- 60 minutes, and they didn't do that against Ohio State. They got fortunate and they got by, but I think Dabo's going to have this team ready. I love the defensive linebacker, Isaiah Simmons. He's got 130 tackles, seven and a half sacks. I hope the Giants maybe get him in the draft. They need someone like him. And I think Travis Etienne, I loved how he caught the ball against Ohio State. He had three catches for 98 yards. He had two touchdowns receiving. Um, he had three total touchdowns. This team has just been dominant since 2012. They're 9-2 in the postseason. Uh, they beat Alabama twice. They beat Ohio State three times. They beat Oklahoma twice. They know what they have to do. Dabo is great as a coach, and he knows how to prepare here. I just think overall this might be a heck of a game. I think somebody could win like 38-35, 31-28. But I think the six points is solid, and I'm taking Clemson. I hope we see a great game. I hope we see a fantastic game. But I'm going to take Clemson with a six. All right, Harry, now it's time, my friend. This weekend of football, as good as it gets, double dip Saturday, double dip Sunday, national championship game, long worth the wait on Monday. What will be on your card? My card will definitely have the Vikings plus seven. Uh, it will definitely have Clemson plus six. Um, in terms of the over-unders, I'm going to go under in the Tennessee-Baltimore uh, game. And overall, I'm going to, if people want out there, people like parlays, I think you can parlay all three. Definitely parlay Clemson and Minnesota. And if you really want to take a shot, you really want to take a shot, J.J., Vikings money line with the Clemson Tigers money line. Oh, baby, what would that pay out out of curiosity? Like 15 to 1? Yeah, it might something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're getting plus 170 with a plus, uh, with a plus 200, right? That's juicy, juicy stuff right there. I mean, if that ends up hitting Harry, my goodness, next time I see you, drinks better be on you oh, for absolutely. giving that out. Although, I don't know, maybe drinks are on me if I decide to play it. I'm not so sure. I'm going to finalize my plays tomorrow. So I like that card, Harry. And before we get you out of here, Giants. Joe Judge, your thoughts when you find out that he is going to be the next head coach, not Matt Rule, not Mike McCarthy, Joe Judge. You know what? I, I, I mean, I don't know what the Giants were really thinking. I mean, did they have to rush? So uh, you don't get Rule. Okay, I get that. Maybe, you know, I, and I don't know what Carolina did to persuade him to, to sign immediately. They when paid that was him. That's what it came yeah, down to, Harry. They gave him $60 million. Dollars. I'd sign, too. I wouldn't think twice. Right. But that, that, that interview was supposed to be a foregone conclusion. He was supposed to be heading to New York. Whatever. For what it is, it was, did they have to rush so quickly? My thing is, okay, let's give this guy, let's give the judge a chance. Let's see what happens. But the thing is, J.J., listen, the one thing we can't have, we cannot have Jason Garrett be the offensive coordinator. 
See, it's funny you say that because that was adamant, Harry. There's no way in the world he can be the head coach. If he ends up being the offensive coordinator, I live with it if it's Joe Judge's call. To me, Joe Judge has got to be the guy that is putting his staff together. And if that comfort level is not there with the clapper, then I'm sorry. I don't want the clapper on the staff. But I think Garrett is a play caller compared to Garrett as a head coach. Very, very different set of circumstances. Oh, I just don't want him, man. I yeah, just you're just, you know him. what it is? You've been hanging with Cousin Sal too much, and I understand. <laughs> Harry, Cousin Sal, doesn't, Cousin Sal doesn't even like the clapper. Well, that's what I mean. That's like that. that's exactly yeah, yeah. my point. He has hated him so much. I mean, he's the guy along with Michael and Barty that deserves credit for coming up with the nickname that I use and the nickname that I love. But I'm telling True. you, if he ends up with the offensive coordinator, not the same as seeing Jason Garrett clapping away as your next head coach. I hear you. I understand. But still, yikes. I get Either it. Way. I get it. Harry, not a fan of one Jason Garrett. Harry, I appreciate a couple of minutes. You keep up the good work. It's been a great NFL season for you and the fellas. Odd Shark against all odds. And where else can we find you? In Phoenix, Arizona, doing radio hits? On uh, 1580, the Fanatic is best bet corner. It's my show. Uh, we talk about sports, sports gambling. So it's uh, always a lot of fun talking about that wherever hey, I'm at. That's what I'm talking about, Harry. You're a man of many talents. Appreciate <laughs> a couple of minutes, and we will chat very soon, all right? JJ, thanks, man. Thanks again, man. They have it the great Harry Gagnon, the Against All Odds podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.